Hey everybody, this is Matt Oney. Welcome to episode 3 of the 906 Coachcast. The 906 Coachcast is a podcast where I interview coaches at all levels with UP ties. On today's show, I interview Coach Amelia Ward, the head coach of the University of Northern Michigan women's lacrosse team. Coach Ward is the inaugural coach for the recently added women's lacrosse team. She has participated as a head coach or an assistant coach in starting three college lacrosse teams. We will go ahead and jump in. So, you know, lacrosse in the UP is an interesting sport to be coaching. I, I can't imagine that there's a lot of high school teams in the UP that have uh, women's lacrosse. Can you? Is that the case or... Yeah, there's actually um, there's actually not any yet. Um, so it's kind of our hope, you know, along with obviously getting the Northern program going, trying to get at least some youth level going, um, at least in the Marquette area, and then hopefully it can spread a little bit. Um, so we went to a local elementary school uh, a few weeks back and kind of introduced some people to it, and they were definitely very receptive. So we're hoping to do some more things, especially throughout our season with some free clinics and stuff like that that will hopefully help get the youth end going, and then eventually it can kind of sprinkle into the high schools. And are there even any club teams or anything like that that are playing up here in the UP? No, the the furthest up it's gotten really is about is Trevor City area. Um, and then Green Bay has some, Milwaukee has some, um, and stuff going through. So I know Trevor City just sanctioned the girls' side. They've had the boys for a while. Um, so that's a good sign that it's starting to make its way a little further up um, and stuff going through. Hopefully at least it can get into the Sioux um, and some other areas once you cross the bridge. Yeah, and so I, I'm a teacher at Escanaba High School, and my kids are all the time saying, I would love to have a lacrosse team. I would love to have a lacrosse team. And, um, you know, with funding, it's always just difficult to start up you know, new sports, um, especially when we have, you know, a hard time even funding the sports that we have sometimes. So, yep. uh, um, so how long have you been the head coach at Northern? This will be my second full season. Uh, they brought me in in January of what have been 2000 or December of 2015, um, to get the program kind of off the ground and running, recruit the first class, get everything organized. And then last spring was our first, um, actual varsity season. And so prior to that, Northern had never had a women's lacrosse team. Not at the varsity level. They had a pretty established okay. program, uh, which helped us out a lot getting things yeah. going. Uh, we still have, I believe, seven or eight girls still um, as permanent members of the varsity program. Last year, we had uh, about 16 of them who came over uh, from the club program. Some of them graduated. Some of them just couldn't continue due to academic purposes uh, with what they were majoring in. Uh, but they were definitely a huge help to getting the program off the ground and running. Now, are any of your athletes scholarship, under scholarship? Yep, almost. And this season, last season, um, only about five or six were. I'd say this season, about 95% of the team is, is under some sort of um, athletic aid as well as pretty much the entire team's under academic aid. Okay, okay. So this isn't your first time starting a new program, right? No, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of become, you know, my go-to. Um, not necessarily on purpose. It's just that those jobs have been very appealing. So I helped to start two as an assistant. Um, and then this is my 
second that I've really seen out as a, as a head coach, um, helped kind of a school kind of get their budget going and stuff like that. Um, in West Virginia and then was offered the Kalamazoo job. So went over there. Um, but yeah. So what are some of the challenges with starting a brand new program? You know, I think the big thing is getting the word out that you have it, yeah. uh, stuff to recruits or club coaches, high school coaches, um, that it's there. Thankfully, you know, with Northern that the schools is actually is, is well known enough that when you say like, I'm calling from Northern Michigan, kids have heard of the school, uh, versus some of the schools I've been at are, are smaller institutions and you kind of have to give them where the school's located, all of that stuff. Um, at least here, especially the kids from the Midwest, they have a pretty good understanding of, of what Northern's about. So how do you handle then recruiting? Um, we travel pretty much all over the place. Uh, that's next weekend. I'll actually start me and my assistant will be on the road for about two weeks. Um, and then we'll go heavy back out on the road once our season's over in the spring, uh, through most of the summer. So we're at, you know, tournaments, whether it's out on the East coast throughout the Midwest, um, as well as going to high school games once our season's done, um, just going and watching prospects. So sometimes the kids will approach us initially, uh, we'll go watch them. Other times we'll find them on teams that we know that we want to try and pull from. So I would imagine then that you are pretty much traveling the whole country then trying to do that. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's next weekend. We'll be out in Baltimore um, and stuff. We could have. There was another event out there this weekend that we usually go to, uh, but there was some stuff on campus that was more important for us to be at. And then I will head down to Florida for a huge event uh, where we'll see probably you know three thousand kids in one weekend. Um, so. And what are the athletes mostly looking for in a school? You know, I'd say what's been most attractive to the girls looking here, um, I'd say our science programs are super strong. Um, I'd say, you know, with lacrosse players, definitely the academic side is what they look for first um, and stuff. So we're fortunate that we have, you know, a pretty much every major you can think of, but are extremely strong in the majors that, that are attractive to, to lacrosse players, whether it's, you know, pre-med or nursing or athletic training um, and stuff were, were extremely strong in those areas. Um, so it, I imagine that it's not just the recruiting that requires quite a bit of travel, but also when you start getting into season, things like that, where, what is your closest? Our, uh, our closest opponents are right now are Concordia St. Paul, uh, which is about seven hours and then Grand Valley at about seven hours. So there's some other schools, um, in the conference that would, that would get us at least we between five and six, um, that are looking at starting it. So that would be great. But most of our travels pretty much between about seven to 10 hours. And is this all by bus then? It is. So we go, uh, charter buses. We usually play two games every weekend. Um, so that helps kind of minimize it a little bit. So that way, you know, they're not gone all the time. Um, and we try to alternate the weekends we travel with the weekends we're home, um, and stuff and limit their class, you know, the missed classes or consecutive missed class weeks and, and stuff on our schedule. Whose responsibility is it to make up the schedule? Um, the conference schedule actually comes from our conference office. Um, so once we get that each year that we, um, that myself and my assistant, then we contact the schools that, um, we want to reach out to, to play in our non-conference schedule and figure out how we can get as many home games as possible, but understanding since we're a new program, we will end up probably with a couple more away games than home games. Yeah. Um, trying to work that out as, as easily as we can. 
are there deals like uh, we'll play there this year if you'll come and play with us and things like that? Yeah, and that's now that we're into season two, that'll be some stuff that we that we look at, especially for teams in our region, um, or at least in every two year you know agreement, or if there's a neutral site um, that we can meet at you know, every couple of years and stuff like that to make travel easier. That'll be stuff that we'll look at. Yeah. So how do the, uh, how do your athletes handle that as far as school is concerned? You know, they're really good about it. Um, so we try to encourage them to, you know, throughout the week, get us how to get ahead of the game as they can. Um, and then all our buses, we're fortunate that all the buses do have Wi-Fi. Um, oh, that's so nice. Out of their homework done, you know, while we're on the road and same thing, we try to set aside time at the hotel, uh, that they can get stuff done. Um, but time management's huge for them. Um, and then being able to talk to their professors. So they get with their professors usually right at the beginning of the semester, like I'm going to miss this day, um, in case the professors can move an exam around or anything like that. And that's, you know, that's one thing that I, I'm not originally from the UP and I moved up here, I guess now a little bit more than three years ago. And what I've noticed is with our athletes, the biggest thing is just the travel, even at the high school level, you know, Escanaba is a big school. The only other big school in the UP is Marquette. And so my kids miss so much time when they're, if they're involved in, in athletics. Yeah, we're pretty good about it. Um, that's like this semester, if they have Friday classes, they'll miss maybe five days worth of class. Um, if they don't have Friday class, they'll only end up missing probably two. Um, so we do try to make it, we do try to, you know, work it that it's as minimal as possible, knowing that we have so many kids in labs and stuff like that. And those are harder to make up than just a regular class. So, um, so they try to front load their schedule a little bit in the fall and take more of those. And then in the spring, take more of their, their general credits, or if they can fit an online class in, that's huge. Um, cause then they can do that on at any time frame. So, you know, I, I personally, when I was a kid, I never thought that I would be living in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I didn't even, I thought it was just the part of Michigan that was connected to Wisconsin. I didn't know it had a name or anything. How did you end up at Northern Michigan? You know, I was very similar. I was from the Detroit area. Uh, we had really never traveled that much further than Traverse City because most of our family friends were there. Um, and it just kind of worked out really well that the job, it was a good job. Um, and stuff, there's not a whole lot of fully funded programs out there in terms of scholarship money, um, for women's lacrosse. So, um, that was, that was appealing out of the gate. And then when I came up here and saw the facility and, you know, what they were doing, what their vision was for the athletic department over the next, you know, five, six years, it was kind of, it was really hard to turn down. So do you play your games in the dome then? We do. We do. We play all of our home games, pretty much all, all our practices during the spring season are in there. So it's a huge, that's a huge recruiting tool for us. Yeah. There's, um, unless they're being recruited by Syracuse, there's really no other facility like it for them to play in, uh, yeah. uh, in the country. Um, so you yourself while playing in college earned a spot in the NCAA tournament. What was that like? You know, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think since it was my freshman year, like I kind of overlooked it a little bit. Um, and stuff, it was always my goal going into college to make it. And then we made it freshman year and you're always like, oh yeah, we're going to get back here every year. Um, and stuff. So I think after we didn't make it back there after that point, um, and stuff, I think I realized how hard it actually is and appreciated that freshman year a little bit more. Um, 
So it was a lot of fun. So when I became a coach, that was a big thing of emphasizing. So our Adrian team, we were lucky enough to make it um, our final year there. And that was a little harder road because we didn't have an automatic qualifier um, like I did in college. So, you know, just making them appreciate kind of every level that they may not never get back there. So to, you know, take that game fully for granted, not to take it for granted. So how many women's lacrosse teams are there in the country? There are nearly over 300 sponsored programs now between the three divisions and NAIA. So um, Division Three is the largest. I believe there's 160 programs now at the Division Three level. Division Two has gotten over 80 now, uh, which when I went to college 10 years ago, Division Two had 20 programs. Wow. So it's seen it's seen a ton of growth, and there were no uh, there were no Division one or two programs outside of um, Notre Dame and Ohio State in the Midwest. Actually, um, it was all Division three. So so it's definitely it's seen a ton of growth because I'd say between the three divisions, there's probably thirty to forty now within the Midwest. And do you know how much how that compares to the men's side? The women's has grown significantly more than the men's at the college level. Um, they've seen some Division One growth. Um, their largest growth is probably at the Division Three level. Uh, and stuff with Division One and Two has been a little slower for them, um, just because a lot of schools add it for the Title IX purposes. That yeah. it's a great sport to offset, you know, your football, or if you do have men's ice hockey, it offsets that really well. Um, and stuff. So the women's side's seen a little more growth. So not only were you um, able to play, but you were also awarded, um, I believe it was all four years, academic, all-conference. Is that right? Yep. And so how does that translate into the expectations that you have of your athletes right now? Um, we, have, we have extremely high academic expectations of them. Um, it's our goal every year to be, um, as a team on our academic our coaches association and conference, um, academic honor roll. Uh, last year we made the coaches association. We we're just short of making the conference. Um, and part of that is our freshmen didn't qualify for it. So, um, and stuff otherwise we would have probably made that one as well. Um, so I think it's, you know, that's a, it's an extremely important part of, you know, what we're doing, you know, in terms of a program, we, we mentor them a lot through the academic process. Um, we stay pretty on top of them with their grades. They actually report back to us as a staff every two weeks, um, how they're doing in each of their classes, what grades they're getting. So if we need to get them, you know, tutoring help, anything like that, um, we can kind of get on that early versus waiting until, you know, even after midterms or the last two weeks of the semester for them to try and pull a grade up. You know, one of the things I always say to my students is that you guys are student athletes and not athletic students, right? And that the student part comes first. Does that change a little bit when you start getting into the college level, or is that still the emphasis there? I, it's still the emphasis. Um, a, they have to stay eligible to play. Uh, the in the eligibility standards, the Division One and Two level, they're not actually there. People think it's extremely easy, uh, but you have both a GPA requirement and you have to pass so many credits each semester um, as well. So at least, so what's nice is we have the backing of the NCAA with it. Uh, with those standards and then us as a team we have you know a little higher standard and what we want our team GPA to be um, so I think most teams here at Northern have an expectation on the academic side of things we do very well as a department um, so I think some of it depends on the school you're at but for the most part anymore it's everybody knows it's student first 
um, especially at the division two and three level where, you know, less are going to go in, into it professionally um, and stuff like that. And it's smaller division ones. I'd say it's definitely a huge aspect of it. And what supports are in place for your athletes um, to make sure that, you know, they're not struggling or anything like that with their grades. So a lot of it, um, so every school is a little different. So we have an online program here that professors can actually alert us if they're struggling in a course. Um, and it also alerts the student and their advisor, um, as well as like our team does the grade sheets, um, at midterms, the school actually provides us with a sheet that the students can go around and get signed by their professors, um, to kind of track it. And then if they are struggling in a course at any point, um, our academic services across campus are great. They have tutors in pretty much every, every subject offered, um, whether it's a group session or an individual session. Um, so, so we encourage our girls to utilize that as much as possible. So things definitely change very quickly, right? And so what are, what are the biggest challenges that coaches at your level face at these times right now? Um, I think some of it, like right now, we're in our kind of quiet time frame. Like we, we're not with our kids as much as we were two weeks ago. Um, so that's the big thing is making sure that they are doing the right stuff in the classroom right now, um, that they're not sometimes when they all of a sudden have more time on their hands, they tend to struggle a little more because they're not, you know, crunched for time. They're not setting aside that study time anymore. So making sure that they're really staying on top of their grades right now, um, as we kind of get close to the holidays and, and stuff like that. Um, especially this generation with everything being like that they can get it right now, um, makes it a little harder to keep them focused all the time. So going on the other side then, what are the what are the things that you like best about your job? You know, I'd say getting to know the like the kids. Um, you know, just getting to spend time with them um and see kind of where they end up. Um seeing, you know, keeping in touch with your former players and seeing, you know, when they're getting married, when they're having kids, you know, um what jobs they're getting when they graduate or if they're going to graduate school. Um, that aspect of it is, you know, it, it's totally worth some of the bumps that you hit in the road when, when you see a kid, especially who maybe struggled a little bit, you know, kind of get out of it and, and be super successful um, once they leave. So you said that you're from Detroit or the Detroit area originally, right? And, and growing up, the furthest north that you, you ever really went was Traverse City. So what have you enjoyed about living in the UP? You know, I think the people. So it's been, you know, I've moved around a lot of places. I've lived down south um, and kind of throughout Michigan as well. Um, and obviously going to school on the East Coast. It's been probably one of the most welcoming communities um, that I've been a part of. So everybody's, you know, not only super engaged in the institution, but always asking, you know, how the program's going, um, stuff like that, getting to know you really a lot, you know, whether you're just out at a restaurant or, you know, you're at an actual event for Northern um, I think the community's just been super welcoming um, to us, to you know myself, but also to the program. That's awesome. Uh, and I, you know, like I said, I'm not from around here, and we moved up here. And um, I sometimes I feel like I take it for granted. I just don't see as much of the UP as I would really yeah. like to. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much Escanaba and Marquette, right? As far as, yeah. as, far yeah. as I go, but. Um, 
So this is going to be your se- your third year, I guess, is being employed by NMU. And this is this will this be then your third season then or the second season? This will be the second season, but going. Okay. Yep. So what does your career trajectory look like in the future? Um, you know, with me, I never try to guess um, and stuff. But, you know, it's my goal to kind of at least get this program fully up and running. Um, you know, see probably you know, at least the class that we brought in last year all the way through their four years and then kind of reevaluate it from there. Um, so part of it are, is our sports always changing and so is the NCAA and stuff like that. So what comes up, but, uh, it's been, it, there's not a whole lot of places that are going to offer, you know, what they do, especially, you know, for a lacrosse program with the, you know, scholarship aspect of things, the facilities. So it's going to take probably a really, really good job. Um, to get me out of here. Oh, that's good to hear, especially for, you know, the UP and from Marquette and everything like that. So how do you define then, you know, being such a young program, how do you define success for your team? You know, I think some of it, you know, early on is internally. Um, You know, we know we're going to get some more wins than we had last year, this year, just because of, you know, upping the talent level in the program and kids having experience. Um, but it's also, you know, a lot of it is, you know, are we doing the things that we want to do off the field in terms of, you know, on the academic side of things, as well as the recruiting aspect for us is, is a sign of early success. You know, are we getting the caliber of kid every year that we're, that we're targeting, um, as well as with the kids, are they putting forth, you know, the effort and building the culture that, that they want to produce, um, and stuff out there every day. And right now, uh, we're very happy a year and a half in with, with the progress we've made um, and stuff and kind of all aspects of that. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's probably the hardest thing about coaching is that everybody else measures your success by how many games you win or lose. Right. Yeah. And, and the true measure of success is, is really has little to do with that or not as much to do with right. that. Um, so who have been your mentors as you've uh, kind of risen through these ranks of coaching? You know, kind of, it, it's changed kind of at each school I've been at a little bit. Um, so I'd say my former boss um, at Adrian and at Winthrop, who, uh, John, who's now at Virginia Tech, he was definitely a big mentor for me. He gave me the blueprint on how to start a successful program. He's, you know, he helped build two into, you know, really good programs. And now he's rebuilding Virginia Tech extremely quickly. Um, so he's definitely been a big mentor in that aspect, um, of things. And then, um, a couple of the athletic directors I've worked for, um, the athletic director at Kalamazoo, uh, was definitely a big mentor on the administrative side of things. Um, and kind of looking at things a little differently in terms of success, um, and stuff, not worrying as much about the wins and losses, but looking at, you know, the, the bigger picture of things there, um, cause it was going to take a little longer there to build kind of a, a true winning program, uh, than it did at Adrian. Um, and that I'd say, um, the four, she just actually left coaching, uh, for Bucknell last year. So she played, uh, Maryland and for the U S team, um, Randall swoop has been probably a huge mentor of mine in terms of, you know, just the coaching level and kind of, she gives me a lot of advice on how to handle certain player situations. Yeah. Um, it's so funny, you know, doing, I've only done three, four episodes of this so far. Right. And, 
it's just crazy how small of a world this is. So uh, the the episode that'll be coming out later next week is a basketball coach from Manistique who coaches at uh, Duke University on the women's team. And he was at Kalamazoo College uh, previously as an assistant. And um, I actually spent some time at Winthrop as a student um, doing some research down there a long, long time ago. Beautiful place. Rock Hill is an amazing place. Um, And that campus is really beautiful as well. Um. And so uh, I had an, so it, talking back about the coaching aspect of things is what types of advice would you give to uh, people that want to get into coaching and would love to be a college coach or even, you know, a, a lacrosse coach? You know, I'd say, you know, coaching wise, uh, you know, depending on the level you're at um, and stuff is kind of finding your niche with it uh, and stuff, not not letting yourself kind of get away from yourself or not be yourself, um, with the group of kids you're at, you know, be yourself regardless of what level you're coaching at. Um, anything like that. And then if you're, you want to go into the college level, you know, especially lacrosse wise right now, we see a lot of young coaches, you know, kind of get into it for a year and then they leave it, uh, or they may be an assistant for two years and leave. Um, that's a lot of people, they think coaching at the college level is really just going to practice and, you know, maybe recruiting a little bit and stuff and they get into it and see kind of how much is done behind the scenes, um, administratively or how much time the recruiting actually takes up in your life. So, you know, making sure you really love the sport that, you know, you want to go into at that level. Um, if you love it, you'll, you'll be able to stay in it. If you don't, you can get burnt out pretty fast because um, it takes up a, a good chunk of your life. Yeah, if you, I mean, you're a full time employee, I would assume at, yep. at Northern, right? And if you added up the total number of minutes that you're actually coaching, it's probably pretty small compared to yeah. all of the other things that you're doing. Yeah, and I would say, you know, at this level, I get a little more coaching time. At the Division three level, it's way less even because uh, in the off season you don't spend near as much time on the field as you do at the division one and two level. So, um, so you do a lot of time, spend a lot of time doing other things. Yeah. Um, so now I like to do, uh, some like just rapid fire, quick answer questions. Um, so if you could eat with any coach, um, who would it be like eat dinner with and who would it be? And what would you eat? Um, I would say coach K um uh, for sure and probably would eat a steak okay all right all right these are all i've gotten so many good answers for this so why coach k um he's just always been um i've always been a duke basketball fan um and stuff and as i got into coaching and became even more of a fan and kind of you know read all of his books um and stuff going through he's just such a consistent and just you know sticks to his guns as a leader um, and stuff going through doesn't really let, you know, the new generation change, you know, his ethical style or anything like that. He may adjust how he actually vocalizes it or, you know, gets it across to the team, but, but his, his culture has stayed the same. Okay. So what is your favorite restaurant to eat at in Marquette? The Mark for sure. Um, I spent a good amount of time there and probably there at least once a week, um, <laughs> a little more. Um, they've been, uh, Austin and his staff have been very good to me. So they, they come out and watch our games, 
um, and stuff as well. So, but for food in town, you can't beat it. Oh, that's awesome. Um, how can people follow, uh, your team, uh, when the season gets started again? So definitely our, the NMU website will have, you can live stream all of our home games. Most of our road games will actually be streamed as well from the schools we're at. And then we also have a, uh, heavy social media platform. So between Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Um, so we pretty, especially when we're on the road, we're really good about updating those on, you know, how the team's doing, where they're playing the next day, uh, and stuff like that. So teams can definitely keep track of us in either of those. And are those specific to NMU athletics or to, uh, the women's lacrosse team? Uh, we have both options actually. So, um, our Twitter and Instagram accounts for lacrosse are just NMU women's lacs. So both are the same. And then on Facebook, it's just Northern Michigan Women's Lacrosse. Okay. All right. I will put some uh, notes for that so that people can follow uh, follow your success for this year. Uh, so, Coach Ward, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast. And, um, yeah, we really appreciate it. And good luck to you and your team this season. Great. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the 906 Coachcast with NMU women's lacrosse coach Emilia Ward. You can keep up with their progress on Twitter and Instagram at NMU Women's Lax, LAX, and on Facebook at Northern Michigan Women's Lacrosse. You can follow updates for this podcast on Facebook at 906 Coachcast. And if you have time, please shoot us a review on iTunes. Also, I'm always looking for new guests to have on the show, so if there's somebody who you'd like to hear from, please let me know on Facebook. Talk to you guys next time.